Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today as always by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On this episode, we have NWSL 2022 team-by-team previews that we are still rolling out, and we are going to take a deep dive into San Diego Wave FC. There's your first water pun. A quick reminder (laughs) before we get into everything for everyone following us, follow us on Twitter for all breaking news at attacking third if you're listening to this as a podcast please give us a five-star rating and review it takes just a second and it really helps us out so you can do that on apple Podcasts, the five-star rating and review page and on spotify's attacking third page go ahead and give us five stars if you like what you hear lisa the previews keep happening we're here together talking about it now we're going to be talking about san diego wave how are you doing today I'm I'm good because this is it second to last preview we we've done 10 previews for every single squad done really in-depth looks at their rosters, at their coaching staff, at everything they've brought on. Um, We already did Angel City FC, the first expansion side, and now we get to do San Diego, the other expansion side, which is a different approach because we don't know what this team really looks like with the the pieces that they have together. Um, we have a pretty cool logo for San Diego. I, I like what they're, they've got there with the different colors and the wave. Um, but I'm excited to talk about this team. I'm excited for games to so- start. I mean, can Challenge Cup just start already? I want to see what these teams can bring. But I'm I'm good on this this Tuesday that we're recording. Sandra, how are you? I'm doing good too. You know, it's a it's a different little bit of, of energy that we got as you sort of usher away, you know, one month and sort of come into another. And uh, you know, it's just I, I I've had so much fun talking about these these team previews. I'm glad it's something that we challenged ourselves with, you know, instead of just like, oh, let's just do like one big encompassing. I love uh being able to look at each team side by side, look mm-hmm. at their their you know, their prior season. And in, in this case for San Diego, we're going to have to take a look at really kind of their off season, right? Because uh, there's not a ton there that we can go off and say like, Oh, this is where they finished in 2021. But um, let's, uh, let, let's start, right? Let's take a look at San Diego wave FC and a little bit of a team overview for the NWSL's newest expansion side. They, uh, they made waves. There's another one for you all, right? Uh, they, they made their introduction to, to the league uh, adjacent to Angel City, right? So two California teams entering the fold of NWSL, going from 10 teams to 12 teams. Uh, they went ahead and they announced a club president in Jill Ellis. That was a very, very big announcement. And then Jill Ellis, in her position, went ahead and started assembling, uh, you know, some pieces to 
really the first pieces to start putting together this this team and what it could look like in the future. Uh, they went ahead and named head coach Casey Stoney uh, in July of 2021, formerly the head coach of Manchester United 2018, really helped uh, kind of turning that franchise around overseas there. Other notable hires, Molly Downton, right, general manage, manager for, for the team, uh, bringing on Richard Gunny, the assistant coach, a Welsh coach, assistant in Portland to the Thorns with Mark Parsons for five seasons. So a lot of pieces there, right, mm-hmm. in the sort of the, admi- the admin side of things for this team before they really started to put together pieces for their player talent. And in terms of their finish in 2021, that's not available at the moment. <laughs> We're too busy, uh, you know, putting all the pieces together but because of the things that they were starting to put in motion, the things that were starting to go in place for this team, when we did our attacking third way too early power rankings episode back in December of 2021, we placed San Diego Wave FC in 10th place out of 12 teams. And at the time, we didn't have a lot of information other than the limited things that were in front of us. Didn't really have uh, too much insight into how this team was going to look, the personnel that they were going to bring on on the player talent side of things. So that is where we placed them at the time. But we've got an offseason now to take a look at for this club. And when we're thinking about breakout roster signings, when we've been doing this for the other previews, we've heard about different player acquisitions or we've talked about like, uh, you know, oh, this this was a player that was re-signed or a player who was issued a contract extension. But what I'm going to do here for San Diego Wave FC is because basically all of them could, I think you can make an argument for breakout roster signings because mm-hmm. it was players joining the team for the first time. So Lisa, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to rattle these off and I'm going to hit you with a question. Are you ready? I am ready. Hit me. All right. So in terms of breakout roster signings, player acquisitions, of which there were many, Abby Dahlkemper, defender, the first signing for San Diego Wave. They they made a move for Alex Morgan. Mana Shim uh, included in this roster as a non-roster invitee. Sophia Jakobsen via uh, Bayern Munich. Swedish international, Kaylin Sheridan. Tegan McGrady, Jordan Taylor, a triple uh, trade with Chicago Red Stars, Katie Johnson, Mackenzie, Donia, Kelsey uh, Turnbow coming via Chicago, uh, acquiring Carly Telford off a transfer from Chelsea FC. Uh, and there's some things that are pending there on her international transfer certificate and, and P1 visa, the expansion draft that came into play, ultimately selecting Kristen McNabb, Kaylee Real, and then the draft itself, right? Going with the, the, the number one overall pick in Naomi Girma, Marlene Shimmer, Sydney Pulver, Belbrid, Caleb Bruce, a ton of players that they started to add, right? As the offseason window came into play. When you're looking at just some of these, Lisa, what are some of the players that are that ring out to you that you can point at and say, you know what, that can be considered the breakout roster signing for this team? I mean, all of them, right? In some sense, you can really see, I think, the personal touches from head coach Casey Stoney, uh, President Jill Ellis. I think you can really see where their personal touches and personal interests in this roster come in um, based on who they've signed. I I think that making uh, the first move with Abby Dahlkamper and that first signing was really telling of what kind of team San Diego is going to be. And we actually, Sandra, you and I had the pleasure of speaking with head coach Casey Stoney uh, a bit back, way back when all of this was a first initially announced. And that was something she said that she wants to be a defensive team, a team that is really tough to break down, a team that um, 
has the ball on defense and then immediately starts their attack. But it all starts with defense and it's team defending from the forwards to their back. So I think signing Abby Dahlkamper as the very first signing is pretty big. Um, I, I also really like their gets of Kaylin Sheridan, right? Gotham goalkeeper, Canadian international gold medal last summer in Tokyo. Um, so looking at it defensively, those are some big signings for sure. I, and Carly Telford, a transfer out of Chelsea, the goalkeeper as well. Um, I, I like this. Even Tegan McGrady from Washington Spirit, the Nash, or the NWSL champions from 2021. I think the the defense that Casey Stoney acquired um, is really telling of, of kind of what system she's going to set up in the back and how she is putting her money where her mouth is. And she said she wants to be a defensive team. So she went out and found some of the top defensive players in the world to, to come to her squad. So that's really what stands out to me when I look at all of these signings and even glancing down the roster. Um, what about you? Were any of these signings surprising, maybe surprising that they left their uh, initial thing, initial team that they were with or the fact that they did come to San Diego? It, does anything stand out to you on that front? You know what? I, I liked uh, the signing of, Sophia Jakobsen, right, uh, via Bayern, via you know, the Swedish international coming over to the, to the States and going to be playing with an expansion side, right? As the concept of having this sort of veteran international player uh, coming on board overseas to not only the NWSL, but to a club that is really just getting things started, really stood out for me a lot. It also really sort of signaled, you know, what somebody like a, a Casey Stoney, like who she is and what she is bringing, right, to mm -hmm. uh, this team, you know, so this combination, this sort of one-two punch between, you know, Stoney and Downton, you know, and Ellis and their scouting ability, right, and their ability to sort of go out there and, and sell a team and say like, hey, come, come on board, right? So that yeah. stood out for me. A lot. Obviously, I think the big headline was was somebody like an Alex Morgan, right, coming into the fold, right, the California native herself coming into the fold for San Diego. But the whole concept of like joining a third expansion side, technically, right. So I guess maybe there's an argument there for for the Thorns and that they were in a you know since the beginning in 2013, but they were still an inaugural team yeah. in an inaugural league, right. So that's being a part of the Thorns in 2013, the Pride in 2015, and now in 2021 in Alex Morgan. So I think there's a ton here when we're rattling off uh, these moves that I that I just sort of rattled off that you can maybe maybe make a case for almost each one. But I, I'm I'm with you on the defensive signing of things, right? It signals a little bit of what Sony was talking to us about. But uh, I, I like how they sort of uh, brought in and how they targeted certain players uh, to sort of come in into the fold. But because we are like looking at an expansion team, right? We're sort of highlighting the roster overall in a sense, right? When it comes to signings or breakout signings. And it's sort of, we had a little bit of a chuckle about it because we were like, well, what are we going to talk about a little bit when we get into most instrumental or biggest losses, right? And we're going to crack a joke here, but I I'm going to say allocation money, maybe, <laughs> right? Maybe not a player per se, although there was some player movement for uh, San Diego, but there was a lot of uh, allocation money for this uh, franchise coming and going, right? 275000 for Alex Morgan to the Orlando Pride. You know, going through the expansion draft and selecting Chrissy Mewis, but then ultimately mm -hmm. trading her to Gotham FC, receiving 200000 in allocation money, and then acquiring Taylor Korniak uh, and Emily Van Eggen from the Pride for what? 
more allocation money, yes. right? So I was just like, well, you know, maybe the uh, something like a loss, quote unquote, could be uh, allocation money. We definitely saw that come into play for this franchise side. I think it's really smart. That's that's what I meant earlier when I said that you can see Casey Stoney and Jill Ellis's influence on this team already because not only the the international players that they've acquired, but how smart they are at doing this. I mean, Casey, Casey Stoney was formerly with Manchester United. Um, she started with them in 2018, which was their inaugural season. And Stoney, in that very first season, won the FA Women's Championship. Uh, that that title, she was then promoted to the FAWSL. She she won 18 out of her 20 game so she knows how to come in with a new team and with a new squad and kind of establish foundation and establish themselves in a league and I think that uh, maybe the balls I don't know how to say this of Casey Stoney to kind of say okay I'm going to draft Christy Mewis and then trade her to Gotham she's already looking like a veteran coach in this league which she is not um, she's already playing the game that all of these other coaches are playing and to kind of be in on that pop mix as well with the Abby Dahlkamper trade remember Abby Dahlkamper in the middle of the 2021 season went to Houston for just a few months to then be traded back to North Carolina oh. her name right only ultimately to be traded to San Diego. So th that's really smart of Casey Stoney. It's it's we're seeing a lot of what she can do on paper and, and in her office um, that will hopefully translate to the pitch. Right. I mean, we're hoping. But yeah, th I guess the biggest loss that they have is maybe their allocation money. Uh, maybe Casey Stoney, Stoney showing too much of her hand, saying that she's going to be such a defensive team, acquiring all these defensive players, making yeah. all these big offseason moves. And, and really showing her hand as to how powerful she is and knowing what she wants for the 2022 season and just going out and getting it. I think it's really promising. If you're a San Diego yeah, fan, this is pretty cool. Well, we're talking about it in the kind of a, a little bit of a, a jokester kind of way, like in terms of like the biggest loss in the, their offseason, right? But it's almost you can sort of flip it and be like, that's really smart. I mean, it sort of signals that this is, a, a, this is going to be a franchise that's uh, not going to shy away from this uh, concept of allocation money in the league, right? Where you can sort of borrow so much uh, from the league to utilize. And in their first offseason, just sort of going for it you know sort mm -hmm. of having the coach with that mindset to say like let's be aggressive with it uh you know a club president and gms agreeing with that you know and obviously having uh you know uh, the group and ownership group in place where they're just like yeah like go ahead and do that uh, to sort of build up this club let's now that we talked about you know acquisitions losses right I had a couple of jokes about that let's uh let's maybe let's maybe look at the total roster uh sort of give some love to everybody that is officially a part of this preseason roster at the time and take a look at who's gonna you know potentially make a splash right you know in uh, in uh, preseason here in front of a uh, coaching staff let's start with the goalkeepers kaylin sheridan carly telford melissa loader emery when when wenjinger or wenninger wenninger I, I believe okay well we'll Someone let us know. All right. Uh, I would love to to get that correct. Uh, that's four goalkeepers for San Diego. Defenders, they've got 10 listed. Abby Dahlkemper, Naomi Germa, Kaylee Real, Kristen McNabb, Kristen Westfall, Tegan McGrady, Maya Gao, Kyla Brewster, Megan Reed, and Taylor Hansen. Midfielders, also with 10. Taylor Corniak, Kelsey Turnbow, Emily Van Eggman, Marlene Shimmer, Sydney Pulver, Belle Breed, Mel Melania Shim, Sydney Zandi, Taylor Porter, and forwards, also rounding out with 10, with Alex Morgan, Jody Taylor, Sevilla Jacobson, Amira Ali, Katie Johnson, Mackenzie Doniak, 
Rue, Machera, Sarah Sodoma, and Emerson Lane. So you're talking 10 forwards, 10 midfielders, 10 defenders, four goalkeepers, 34 players. We have a lot of love for the, the preseason roster that has plus 30 on them, right? That was some easy math for us. I was doing that too. We we have them listed out on our rundown as like goalkeepers, four defenders, yep. 10. So it was easy math to go 10, 10, 10, four. Um, this is one of the bigger rosters that we've seen with 34 players. I think having 10 defenders is a lot of defenders for this squad to have, uh, especially considering all of the defenders listed are, are, are backs and not a lot of them play that six defensive midfield position. A lot of them are center backs or outside backs strictly. Uh, so interesting to kind of see how that will unfold, but this is a big roster, but I, as an expansion side in San Diego, I think they needed to have a big roster because you don't really know what you're going to get. You don't really know. I think yeah. when, when this, roster dropped for the preseason for 2022 um, echoes around the Twitter sphere about Manashim being on this roster. I think that yeah. was a huge, the biggest star that people saw. I mean, a lot of the other signings were already named before and, and denounced and celebrated from San Diego wave before it was a lot of the, the non-roster invites that um, on this list that were the most shocking and, and Manishim being one of them. I think also some of having some of the younger players uh, that were called in like Melissa Lauder. She's a, a goalkeeper formerly with a, a few different squads. She was with Kansas city, I think for a little uh, she bounced around. Um, she maybe saw one cap last year, but her to be a non-roster invite to the San Diego team. I think that's pretty interesting, uh, but Manishim, yeah, I mean, she retired in 2019. She went to law school. Uh, good friends with Alex Morgan living in San Diego. Hey, why not? Why not give it a shot, right? I like that it's through. It's a. It's, she listed as a non-roster invitee. So a lot of times when uh, players are sort of listed out along that player preseason roster uh, as a non-roster invitee, it's it's about getting in the mix and kind mm -hmm. of showing what you got and showing to the coaching staff that you can be an asset to this club. It really is about sort of kind of getting into the mix and kind of earning a contract, so to speak. Right. But obviously that, that sort of sent out, you know, uh, fun alarms, I'll call them, yeah, you know, across uh, social media, right. Just sort of coming off of the 2021 that we all uh, witnessed collectively together, you know, learning about through important reporting via the athletic about players, past experiences, right. With, uh, in, in toxic environments, poor playing environments, uh, at times, uh, suffering, uh, moments of, of, of harassment and Manashim uh, was amongst several players who had come forward with sharing their stories uh, throughout 2021 and to sort of see her right on a preseason roster mm -hmm. almost sort of feels like as you're as you read these articles as you read these stories it almost sort of feels like this kind of full story arc in, in, a, in a sense so to see her on there a lot of people notice that uh immediately uh, but when it comes to what 34 but, players but she's not Lisa? the only non-roster invitee there's 10 of them yeah i was just gonna say i was like when we're looking at 34 players there's a ton, right? There's always a little bit of an acronym, right? That comes in the acronyms that come into play a little key when you're looking at 
these uh, these rosters that drop during the preseason. So they they say things like you know CDP for like college draft pick or NRI for like non roster invitee or like uh, uh, you know this whole like uh, NIR not NIR, not you not you reported to camps you know like things like that. So there's all these little different things, but for that's something else. So while we're looking at like ten forwards, ten midfielders, ten defenders, there's also throughout some of this there's actual ten non roster invitee yeah. uh, as part of this uh, this preseason um you know roster so when we're looking at all of these players when we uh sort of maybe take a look at what could be an ideal starting 11 for san diego wave fc we've been doing this a lot for all of our previews taking a look at them um it's tough in this part Mm -hmm. of this season in this phase of the year to look at something and say boom this is going to be the starting 11 for this team it's especially harder, I think, to do that with an expansion side, right? Because we're we only have bits and pieces, things, you know, um, conversations and, and interviews, right? Like you mentioned, the one that we had with Casey Stoney that sort of allude to the type of soccer and the type of team that they want to be in 2022. We haven't seen it yet, so it's yeah. tough to go through these and say like, this is going to be the starting eleven come day one. So, but let's maybe take a look at a few. Like when you're looking at some of these names, Lisa, are there any that jump out where you're just like, this is going to be a player that's going to be in that starting 11. I, I think a player like Abby Dahlkamper, defender who was the very first signing, you don't go after a player like that and make a big deal if you're not going to play them. And I think that Abby yeah. Dahlkamper is a center back defender that you could build a back line around because Dahlkamper has a lot of those individual skills where she can break lines with her passing and she's a good 1v1 defender. I also think Alex Morgan, you don't go for a big name like that and not play. Even Sophia Jakobsen, a big Swedish international from Bayern, you don't go for big names if they're not necessarily going to see a lot of time on the field. Um, uh, Looking at this roster breakdown, I also think it's interesting that Taylor Korniak, who traded from Orlando Pride to San Diego, was listed as a midfielder because she was a midfielder in college and then went to Orlando Pride and played under Mark Skinner and became a forward. He transitioned her higher up the field and now she's backlisted as a midfielder. So just something else interesting to kind of keep your eye on, which we could see her floating around. I mean, you're not stuck to that position if it's on the roster. Uh, So you could float around, but even like a Kaylin Sheridan in goal, I think she could get time and she could start there. But otherwise, I think a lot is left to be determined from my perspective. It also depends how... Casey Stoney wants to set up her formation. Are we looking at four backs and four in the midfield or three in the midfield, three up top? Um, A a lot of different things to be seen still in the very first game. And, and we might not even see consistency in playing formations and playing personnel until the regular season, until a few weeks into the regular season. Um, Me looking at these, this 34 player roster for you, Sandra, any specific names jump out or, or, the ones I say, do you agree with in Doll Camper, Sheridan? Yeah, I think you, I think you nailed it for sure. I think you can go through each, like yeah. each of the positions and, and pick out at least one that we know for sure is going to be there. So for a lock for four of these, you know, different positions, Sheridan, I absolutely see uh, start getting the start in goal. Uh, I mean, the Canadian international coming off of a, a gold medal in the Tokyo games, but not only that at this point in her career, 
very experienced NWSL keeper. So I don't think you, again, like you were sort of alluding to Alex Morgan, I don't think you make that kind of move for a doll camper or a Morgan, or in this case, a Sheridan, and not intend to start her uh, in, in net. I would love to see the rookie and Naomi Girma really kind of start to make a name for herself, talking about making a splash, mm-hmm. right? I would like to see that. You know, she was the first, uh, you know, uh, draft pick for this this team, number one overall maybe we can make that argument as well. Maybe we're like, well, maybe you don't make this pick at number one, number one overall, and not make a little bit of a commitment to this type of player. Right. So I'm very curious to see. That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of players and across different lines. Um, We're under the, you know, the assumption is in years past that, preseason rosters have to be narrowed down, uh, you know, as as it continues to go on, as we sort of look ahead to a Challenge Cup that is really getting closer. Uh, and we'll see who they decide to sort of roll with, you know, and continue going on with. Um, but I would like to see any number of those players on the starting 11. When it comes to maybe breaking things down and in terms of strong individual performances, right? When we're looking at this roster, this these 34 players, and in terms of young prospects, this is a team that walked away on their draft day with a number of picks, right? Several, I think five or six or even seven, mm-hmm. um, where we can maybe highlight a player here. But I don't know if I'm going to go with that draft pick, right? Right away. I think it's it's easy to say, like, yes, Naomi Gearman. We've talked a lot about this player. We've interviewed her, right, alongside others uh, involved in the San Diego Wave franchise. But I'm going to be going with Amira Ali. This is a player that this club acquired in a trade with Portland Thorns alongside Kristen Westfall, right, in this sort of kind of expansion draft agreement kind of trade. Like there was going to be a move that was going to be made and San Diego wasn't going to choose, you know, certain starters or forwards. And there was a lot of like little, uh, you know, stipulations in place. And then we learned that it was, you know, for Kristen Westfall and the rights, the player rights to Amira Ali. And this is a player coming off of an impressive uh, collegiate season herself, spent time with Rutgers University. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a forward who still has a very high ceiling, right? Uh had was a part of a big run with Rutgers University during that 2021 Challenge Cup run that they made 12 goals, six to six uh, over their 20 over 25 games, uh, you know, with Rutgers. So I think there's a lot of forwards with a lot of big names, right, on that line. And there's uh, a lot of forwards uh, for San Diego that have a lot of NW, NWSL yeah. experience, which you also want as well when you're developing a new expansion for SI, whether it's somebody like a Katie Johnson or a Mackenzie Doniak, right? But in terms of having this sort of young, nothing to lose, kind of everything to prove forward, I'm absolutely going to keep an eye on Amir Ali for Young Prospect. Uh, are you looking at anyone else? Uh, I mean, I think you have to look at Amir Ali. It's a great look, especially because it'll be her first time getting minutes in the NWSL. Um, and I know you you gave some slack earlier about picking the number one draft pick or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to go with Naomi Gurma because she was the number one draft pick. And, it's awesome. <laughs> and she's a defender. Um, but I, I think you have to because she was the number one draft pick. She's going to have a little bit of pressure on her to perform and to be one of the best. I mean, I think if, I put myself in her shoes. If you are the number one draft pick and you're a forward that scores a lot of goals, you might have a lot of pressure to be the rookie of the year as a player like Naomi Gurma, 
I think she almost has less pressure on her because she was the number one draft pick and she went to an expansion side with Casey Stoney in San Diego, um, played at Stanford from Southern California, like has a lot of ties there. I think it's a really, really good fit uh, to help her prosper personally, right? And on the pitch. I mean, there's a lot going in, in her way, but she also doesn't have that much pressure on her to perform on the pitch because as a defender, despite going number one, um, yes, I hope she starts. And I think we will see starts and minutes from her, but it's not necessarily expected. Whereas uh, maybe a forward that goes drafted number one and, and goes to a team, you're, you want to see them start. You want to see them score goals. You want to see them do all these things. So I'm really excited for Naomi Gurma because it, she's a player that I think has a lot of want and will to learn and do better and putting her in front of players like Kaylin Sheridan, who is extremely vocal in goal, will help Gurma grow. Putting her alongside a player like Abby Dahlkamper in the back line will help Naomi Gurma grow. And alongside Kristen Westfall in the back line, Tegan McGrady, a player that just won a national championship. If Naomi Gurma can tap into all of these players and learn a little bit from them and just play soccer every single day, look to make a difference on the field and look to learn every single day, Naomi Gurma is a player that we could see towards the end of the 2022 season being like, yeah, that's a lockdown defender for San Diego. So I am going to keep an eye on her and and we'll see what happens. We'll see how the 1v1s go in in training for San Diego between Ali and Gurma. See, you know, who does better? Defense, (laughs) defense always wins. We love we love talking about defense here on, on attack and third, and that's not going to stop with the young prospects. In terms of experienced players, who's going to be that essential experienced player for this team? Right, this is an expansion side. They're building something new for the first time. They've got a ton of players right that they're looking at across the rosters, across all the different lines positionally. I'm going to stick with an international player here, though. I'm going to be going with Sophia Jakobsen in this one because I think it's very easy to maybe point at someone like an Alex Morgan, right, who's, who's like we talked about, being a part of now three different clubs in in the NWSL, part of sort of launching these expansion sides as they get their uh, first seasons started in this league. But I think somebody like Sophia Jacobson is going to bring a little bit of a different type of experience to this franchise as they look to sort of take their first steps in NWSL. Like we said, she's a Swedish international. She joined, uh, she's going to be joining San Diego Wave FC via uh, Bayern Munich. And you sort of see a little bit, we had an interview with her, uh, Lisa, where she talked a little bit about that. And I hope uh, folks either listen to that or they can go back and, and find it. But, you know, she was only with Bayern Munich for, for six months before deciding, you know what? I am going to make the leap to this expansion side uh, in, 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 in NWSL. She's a 31-year-old player. She's got a lot of experience both in the international stage and throughout various club levels. And that's why I think she's going to be a player that they sort of uh, lean on a little bit in terms of her experience because it's a Just, different type of experience. That she yeah, that's I think that's the biggest point you have to make is that it's not NWSL experience, which... Um, there might be a bit of a learning curve for Jacobson. However, I don't think so. I think because she does have all of this worldly experience and she's played against NWSL players, NWSL teams, uh, the United States women's national team, because she's a Swedish international, she has all this experience. I think it will benefit benefit her um, that she can use it all to kind of harness a different type of game for herself in the NWSL. I, I agree. A huge player to watch for sure. I think, I think that also sort of segues a little bit 
into our international spotlight, right? Highlighting big international players for clubs during these previews. Uh, will their impact be felt? A and B, will it be a loss if they uh, head off to World Cup qualifiers? And I think Sofia Jakobsen is another player that we can sort of keep in this. But, you know, this is a expansion side that has a number of international players who are likely going to be missed should they find themselves participating in World Cup qualifiers throughout different moments of the 2022 season you have a number of united states women's national team players right whether it's somebody like an alex morgan or an abby doll kemper uh, and then obviously on uh, the canadian international side of things and somebody in kaylin sheridan so a number of international spotlights here for san diego wave fc as they start to really take the first steps into becoming what is an NWSL side in this wow. league. We got to look, we're not trying to recycle here, but there are two expansion sides coming into the fold. Yeah. In 2022. So we are asking a similar question of San Diego wave FC as an expansion side. Our biggest burning question for them entering the 2022 season, can they break the expansion team curse? There has never been an expansion side that has entered the fold of the NWSL and then gone on in their first season to crack a playoff appearance or even gone on to win a title throughout the season. Can San Diego break that curse? When we had their projected finish in 2022, for our way too early power rankings back in December 2021. We placed them a little bit low, Lisa. So yeah. I'm going to ask you, how do you have them finishing in 2022? So at the end of the 2021 season, we placed them number 10 in these standings, which is actually pretty good because it's not a bottom two spot for an expansion side and two expansion sides. That would be 11 or 12. Um, when I look at this team and this roster and everything that they've established so far and how their preseason has gone up until this point, I think they're looking pretty good. I mean, they have a lot of good players. They have a lot of good talent that they're they're bringing together. I think they have a good idea of what they want to do and what kind of team they want to be in 2022. Frankly, yes, I think that they will break that mold of being an expansion side and not be stuck at the bottom of the table. I think that this is a San Diego team that could really surprise clubs in the 2022 season. Um, I'm putting them higher. I'm going to go out and say it. I have a lot of my eggs in the San Diego basket. I do. <laughs> it's it's. It's something that I just, I want to see them succeed for some reason. I have no ties to San Diego. I've been there like once or twice for soccer tournaments, but that's about it. No ties there. I just think that I really like their colors and I like their crest that they have going. I like the wave. I like the sound yeah. of that. And I really like Casey Stoney. I, I do. And I like the roster that she's established and the culture that she's establishing there um, as, as kind of, this secondary California team, I'm going to say, because Angel City is being this LA powerhouse and they yeah. have all these investors and San Diego is also a California expansion side, but they're yeah. kind of taking like the they back. Have a little bit of that chip, you think? I think they have a little okay. bit of that chip. So I'm going to put them higher. I'm going to put them pretty high, like five, six, seven, like right Give on the level of, of playoff contention. That's where I'm putting them. Sandra, what about you? Are, are they going to break this mold of being an expansion side? I don't think that's unfair to, to have. I think having enthusiasm around an expansion side like this is 
is normal. I think a lot of people have a lot of enthusiasm about it. I, I like the moves that they made. Uh, I, I really love that this was a team that really kind of burst through the seams and, and mm -hmm. really kind of made allocation money work for them. You know, I, I, I want to see more of that from, from clubs. I love their number one overall pick in Naomi Girma. I love that they went defensive versus, you know, maybe oh. more attacking type of a player. There's, there's a number of things that I can look through in their off season that I am a, a, a fan of, right. Sort of watching this, this, this sport and following this league and covering this league. Uh, but that being said, I am in a little bit in disagreement. I think it's going to be a struggle. I think with the introduction of two new clubs going from a 10 team league to a 12 team league. We're starting to mm -hmm. see what I think we were waiting to see for quite some time that there has been a little bit of a leveling out, right. Of some of the competition in terms of the talent pool in this league. And I think that's only going to make the league more competitive. So in that sense, it might be more of a struggle to try to break through into a playoff position, even with the expanded playoff format. I'm in agreement about Casey Stoney. I think if a coach can do it, I think it can be her. We saw what she did in okay. with Manchester United, right? With women overseas and and and, and, uh, and women's Super League, taking a franchise, making them fully professionalized, getting player buy-in, right, and getting performances and getting results out on the pitch. But it is very, very tough uh, to do that in NWSL and sort of maybe compete with some of these other things. So I'm going to be in disagreement. I think we're going to go one, two, right? So Sandra, I think this is the first one that we've kind of dis not disagreed, but we've had differing opinions on and, and we've I'm, picked different standings. I like this. Listen, I'm with it. I think you're looking more uh, middle, upper half of the yeah. table. I'm looking maybe lower, mid, lower half of the table for this team. And honestly, it's not a bad start. It ain't last place, right? So we'll place. see what happens. We say it all the time. We love to come back here and be proven wrong. I think with a little bit of differing of opinion, we can come back and and maybe have some, you know, some celebrations and who's correct or incorrect, whatever. Uh, but that's what I'm looking for in 2022. I know that no matter what, I'm just gonna have a good time covering it. Uh, and I'm uh, and I'm here for it. I'm here to see San Diego AFC make a splash in 2022. Count them up. We'll see how many puns uh, dropped in this one. You got to crack the dad jokes when you can. I want to thank everybody for listening to our San Diego Wave FC 2022 preview. We've got full team-by-team -team previews for all 12 clubs in NWSL coming up, so stay tuned. You can drop us your own thoughts about San Diego on Twitter at Attacking Third or in the comments if you subscribe at YouTube. Visit YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. But don't go anywhere. We have an exclusive interview with Wave FC forward Kelsey Turnbull right after this quick break. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS sports. 
So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Hello and welcome back to Attacking Third of CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. We are so pleased to have player interviews to go alongside our team-by-team previews during the NWSL preseason. Today we have a special interview segment with Kelsey Turnbow forward for San Diego Wave FC and first time on Attacking Third. So welcome to the show, Kelsey. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're uh, we're so excited to, to chat with you. We're always excited to chat with uh, new players, new to the league, starting out their careers as professionals. And uh, you're a new face for the league, but maybe not for for NWSL fans. Uh, you were you were originally selected in the 2021 draft by Chicago Red Stars. Uh, but uh, during that draft, it was a very unique draft, right, where players could opt to uh, utilize their eligibility to continue playing in college. So you went with Santa Broncos, Santa Clara Broncos for one more year exciting times right to sort of close out your collegiate career uh getting a, a national championship and then just this uh this past year uh making it back to the finals once more uh how, how was that final year in, in that run with uh, with you and the broncos there it was absolutely incredible when i found out that covid gave extra eligibility to ncaa athletes i didn't blink an eye uh, i knew that my time there wasn't finished i wanted to earn my mba to achieve a life goal of mine as well as um my goal going into Santa Clara was to win a national championship and we hadn't done it thus far. And so I knew that that was another great opportunity to make a run at it. And um, we were so hungry for it. And so um, that year and we just had so many setbacks, but kept pushing through and to, to beat Florida state, which is such a great team in the finals and that in that college cup to win the national championship, it was so rewarding. And then to go back to the college cup the next season, we had two seasons and one for um, people who aren't aware of that um, to go back to back college cups was absolutely incredible. It was a testament to the perseverance and overcoming adversity of my team and such a rewarding year. It really was two seasons in one because you played in the spring and then you played again in the fall. So in one calendar year, two very incredible, successful seasons. When you chose to go back and, and get your MBA, congratulations, that's fantastic. It was Did you have a different mindset knowing that you had already been drafted? You already had a next step in your playing career after college. Did it change your mindset being at Santa Clara that final year? A little bit. I think the draft is sometimes a little bit scary for people to think about. It's like, oh my gosh, am I going to get drafted? Are coaches going to like me? And so for me to know that I had a home to look forward to, it took that pressure off of me a little bit while also creating this fire inside of me and hunger to really grow that next year because I wanted um, to go into the MWSL prepared and ready to make a difference. And so it was kind of a two-in-one of of relieving that stress, but also giving me an extra push to grow. and and prepare myself ultimately drafted by Chicago to the red stars. Uh, but since then you were traded to San Diego wave FC throughout the off season this year. Um, probably not how you expected your first unofficial season in the league to go, but, um, how did you hear about the trade kind of walk us through when it all went down and how you heard about it? Yeah, it was it was a little bit crazy. I was actually in the College Cup, so we were staying at a hotel because of COVID with our team in in San Jose. And um, uh, there was just I think whenever trades happen, there's there's talk before like, hey, you're you might be traded. And so um, I was kind of aware of it. But then it all happened so quickly. Honestly, it was crazy. Um, But to go to from one great team to another great team. 
I just wanted to make an impact in whatever team that that I was placed with. And so to be able to stay in, uh, in California, which is a state I'm very familiar with since I've spent the past five years here, it was very exciting. You know, uh, with the 2022 preseason underway for NWSL, uh, it always preseasons always sort of bring this this aura of newness, right? But for San Diego Wave FC, it's maybe like hitting double time with that, right? It's like preseason, so you've got that aura of newness, but it's also an inaugural team, so it's going to be like their very first season uh, g- getting into NWSL. So for you, getting in the mix of preseason with San Diego, how is everything going so far? Kind of getting in these early weeks with the team, is it is it what you've expected? Sort of uh, getting to this professional level. Yeah, it's absolutely been incredible. Um, The coaching staff's incredible. The players are awesome and welcoming. I think it's really neat that we have the opportunity to build a culture here that hasn't been established yet. And so there's no predetermined friendships. There's... um, there's no right way of doing things so far. And so Casey and the staff have this opportunity to, to really create what they want here in San Diego. And it's so special to be a part of that. Um, just the first couple of weeks of preseason have been awesome. It's such a competitive environment. They foster an environment where we're battling all the time and it's, we're not afraid to fail because those are growing opportunities and we're learning each other's tendencies because no one's played with each other before. And so um, it's just just been really awesome it's such a neat opportunity for all of us and and we're really hungry to to get on the field and to compete there hasn't been a ton of there hasn't been a ton of fixtures yet that that's going to come with uh, the next few weeks but in terms of uh the collegiate game and tra- that transition to the professional game what uh, are you finding maybe the, the biggest adjustment for you right now Yeah, so going from club soccer in high school to college soccer, it was, hey, college soccer is going to be bigger, stronger, and faster. Same thing going from college to pro. It's bigger, stronger, faster. The NWSL is such an athletic, yet still technical league in the world, and so it's just it's another it's another pace and um i think that it takes a little bit of time getting used to but since we played at such a high level in college i think the transition's been a little bit easier um however yes it is dog eat dog out there and it is so fun to go to practice every single day and you, my legs have bruises and scratches all over them we are battling and competing but that's the fun of the game like we didn't come to play soccer for it to be easy we came to to battle and challenge ourselves. And so that's the most exciting part about it. Bigger, faster, stronger, and the competition that you're going to play against every day in the league and also in training every day. I mean, at San Diego Wave, you're playing with some of the top players, not just in the league, but in the entire world. Forward Alex Morgan, defender Abby Dahlkamper, gold medalist for Canada, goalkeeper Kaylin Sheridan. How is it playing with these top players? Oh my gosh. It's such a blessing. I feel like I'm learning so much every single day. I mean, these girls have been in the league for years and have been playing for their respective countries. And so they have so much experience and so much insight that they can provide to us younger players um, altogether. And so just really soaking up everything they say and even watching what they do in practice, whenever we're on, on the sideline, we're able to observe what they do. And so just, I'm just here to take it all in and, and learn all I can. And um, hopefully I can steal some things from their games and, and implement it in mine. And hopefully I can help them grow as well, but it's just been absolutely surreal. I mean, you think about it. We we've been watching these girls play on TV since we were young. And so to be teammates with them and wear the same jersey and stand next to them on the field is is truly surreal. 
you, you know, mentioned wanna, oh. learning from those people. Sorry, Sandra. I, I want to pick your brain on this because as a player, you tend to look at the players that are in your position. So when you look at a player, say like Alex Morgan, also a forward, what are you looking to learn specifically from her and her game? Yeah. Well, something that I've just noticed just by watching her, her movement off the ball is absolutely incredible. And I don't think you really can appreciate that fully until you see it day after day in training. And so, um, I, I've been definitely picking up on her movements and, and on, obviously we're working together on the, on the same team. And so I have to learn her tendencies as well, but just respecting that all the little extra things that these professionals do, they're, they're so good at what they do. And um, even in the training room, like how they treat their bodies, how they um, go about the little tiny things, it, it makes such a difference. And so for us to be able to witness that day after day and to pick up on these things is incredible. So there's a lot uh, of veterans, a lot of NWSL experienced players right now in preseason with you that you are keeping an eye on yourself as teammates, but also, like you said, trying to learn a little bit from as well. But in terms of you, right, in terms of Kelsey Turnbow, for NWSL fans who maybe didn't follow the collegiate game, didn't follow your career in Santa Clara, what are some things that fans should know specifically about your play on the pitch? What are you going to bring to San Diego Wave FC? Yeah, um, I'm a very gritty player. I, I play with so much passion. I think that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Um, I love to win and I love to compete. And I think that that characteristic of mine really translates well to what Casey and their coaching staff want to foster at San Diego Wave. It's such a competitive environment. And, and for us to grind out those wins is huge. I'm also a very technical player. Uh, i I love to see the field and to set people up. I don't, I love scoring goals, but I also love to set other people up um, to score goals as well. And so I think that adds a different dynamic that, that um, not everyone has. So um, yeah, those are two of my, two of my characteristics. Uh, There's a lot more and I'm excited for people to watch. So they become San Diego Wave fans and, and support us out there. Yeah. Give us a plug. I'm all for the plugs here at attacking third. Yeah. Cheer for Kelsey, cheer for San Diego. Go for it. There we go. (laughs) So assisting players. I mean, that's great, but scoring goals, that's so much fun for you as a forward, when you get to score those goals, what is like your favorite kind of goal to score? Like, it's just so sweet in your mouth. Is it a header? Is it a volley? Is it a shot from distance? Is it a breakaway running in, running onto it off of a cross? What is your favorite kind of goal? Oh my gosh. It just makes me so excited to think about scoring goals and, and our team scoring goals. I was talking to someone at practice the other day and we we disagree that there's nothing like scoring goals. You, whenever your team works so hard together for 90 minutes, that feeling to that someone, it doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be whoever. It's just like a team um, collectiveness to score a goal. It's just the absolute best feeling. Um, to get back to your question a little bit, um, if I had to choose what, what my favorite goal would be, I scored a volley against Duke this past season, and that was honestly the best feeling. Um, those goals are kind of few and far between, um, so that was incredible. And then also just like an upper 90 shot. I don't think it gets better than that when it hits high in the net. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's so satisfying. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to maybe switch it up a little bit. So we're talking about uh, players on your team who you're currently excited to to play with and to learn from. We're talking about how absolutely hyped you are to get into the mix and score some goals. Uh, But you've been immersed in the in the college game for the last several years. And as you 
finally take these steps as a professional. Are there players that you're looking forward to playing against? Really kind of getting into the mix, go take on 1v1? That's such a great question. And I honestly haven't thought about that. I've been right. so immersed in our training <laughs> environment because we're training against great players in our environment, as you've previously touched on. But um, I just went to U23 Women's National Team Camp. And the very last day, we were able to face up against the full team, which was an absolutely incredible experience. And, and so just to play against the top talent, um, that was so special to me in that one day. And I know that the NWSL possesses so much talent across the board. A lot of the national team players do play in this league. And so to be able to, to go up against them and to, to kind of gauge where we are compared to them. And um, it's really neat and it's rewarding. And so I think I look forward to that a lot. Do you have any friends on other teams that you played with in college or in club growing up that you're looking to play against again? That's a great question. Yeah. So um, there's several Santa Clara Broncos that are in the league. Um, previously, they were at Rain, but I think a couple of them transferred um, down to Houston. So I have some, I think Sophia Huerta, she's still at Rain. Um, there's some girls at Houston that were previously on my team. So I think um, I'm definitely looking forward to, to playing against them. And then um, just being in the youth national team system throughout the years, I've been playing um, in the system since U14. And so met a lot of great friends along the way, a lot of great players who, are, who have made it into the NWSL. And so to see their faces and to see them succeed makes me so happy. So you got competitions, you're pumped for that. You're, you're having a good time in training. You're scoring lots of goals, talking about scoring goals, and it just gets you so hyped up. But when you look at the season ahead of you and, and being your rookie year in the league, what are some personal goals you're looking to set for yourself this year? Yeah, I think my ultimate goal is to just contribute and help my team in any way I possibly can, whether that's off the field, creating a great culture and um, inclusive environment for my teammates or on the field, pushing my teammates to be the best that they can be in practice um, on the field in games. If that if that's making that final pass, if that's making that defensive run to make a slide tackle to save our team from getting scored on or, or if that's scoring the, the winning goal, like whatever it takes, I want to be there for my team and help us win because ultimately we we're a championship team and we're creating a championship culture and, and we want to, we want to win. So anything that contributes to that. I love that. I know we're excited for the season and to start whether it's challenge cup or the regular season. And we're going to be keeping an eye on San Diego wave FC and you and in your role with the team with whenever we do these interviews alongside of our previews, we'd like to sort of close them out with a bit of fun. We've been asking uh, some things that have been coming up within a lot of these uh, interviews because they are preseason interviews. So it's like the concepts of like getting into a routine and, and, and getting into a rhythm and stuff like that. So we've been asking a little bit of a two-parter question that I'm going to also pitch to you. So in terms of getting back into a routine or get, taking these first steps as a pro, uh, when it comes to uh, a pre-training or a post-scrimmage beverage, A, are you a coffee drinker? And B, if you are or if not, what is it or what is your sort of go-to uh, beverage order? 
Yes, huge coffee drinker, but it's only one cup a day or else I'm going to be bouncing off the walls. And so <laughs> so my roommate named Gurma and I, we recently purchased a Keurig. So we're not going to Starbucks or another local coffee shop every day. So we're trying to save a little money. We feel like it's going to pay off in the end. So we're doing our morning, morning Keurig. Um, we do buy a little Starbucks Keurig cups, but we're doing that. And then um, after practice, it sounds super weird, but Naomi and I also get really excited to drink our post-workout protein. It tastes really good and it's vanilla ice cream flavored. So those are our two things these days. Nice. Like that. Enjoy that. Lo- love that you're like also giving some uh showing some love to your to your roomie there. Appreciate that oh, too. Yeah. Two obviously two rookies that we're gonna be keeping keeping an eye on. Oh, let, let's do a little lap, rapid fire. Let's have a little fun. Uh mm-hmm. just say like uh maybe the first thing that, that pops off in your mind. Let let the fans get to know you a little bit. Uh maybe this could be considered maybe kind of a risky star, Adidas or Nike. Oh my gosh, I can't even answer that. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's just go to the next one. That's a great answer. You're already you're already an absolute pro. Yes, you're a pro with this. That's fantastic. All uh, right, so day game or a night game? Night game. Love that. Uh, do you have a preference for uh, dogs or cats or are you an animal lover of both? I say both. I just furry animals are sweet. I'm a little bit allergic. I hate to say that because it's, it's it makes me so sad, but I, I like looking at them from afar. They're both, they're both really beautiful animals. If you have a weekend getaway, are you going to the beach or are you going to the mountains? Oh my gosh. These are tough questions. Um, grew up in the mountains. So I, I loved being, uh, along the river, but now that I'm in San Diego, man, these beaches are incredible. So I might have to go with beach. <laughs> Nice. Good, good answer. Uh, when it comes to uh, cuisine, uh, are you going for a breakfast food or do you have a preference of a dinner type food? Oh my gosh. I say burritos all day long. And you know what? Great answer because you can get a breakfast burrito or you can get like a, like a more savory dinner style burrito. Fantastic. That's answer. true. That I is love true. it. <laughs> when you have to play, do you prefer artificial turf or grass? grass we love a nice pitch uh, Santa Clara had a beautiful field and I know that we're going to get a very beautiful field as well here too so very excited for that right on uh when you're we're talking a little bit about goals so are you getting are you, is your preference going off of maybe like a, a sick corner kick or a, or a direct kick oh my direct direct would be cool <laughs> all right more goal questions for you are you more amped to on a breakaway or to take a penalty kick breakaway PKs are a little stressful, man. I don't know. Uh, hey, hey, we got it. We're, we're trying to have fun with it. Let, let, lefty or righty? You got a preference on the foot? Um, for a PK? Whatever yeah. Just in general, um, probably lefty. <laughs> love that. We love a lefty. Oh man, this was this was this was fun. Thank you for humoring us and and, and letting the fans have a little bit of fun with uh, listening <laughs> and watching uh, the the interview here. Uh, we always like to take the time to to thank our listeners at the end of the episode. So thanks everybody for joining us. Thank you, Kelsey, for joining us. Good luck in the 2022 season, everybody. You can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. If you leave us a five star review on Spotify, that helps us out so so much. And we're also available as video. Subscribe to us on YouTube com slash attacking third and we'll be back with more team reviews ahead of the 2022 end of this season for Sandra Herrera, Lisa Roman and Kelsey Pringle the closest attacking third.